All right, everybody. Calm down. Don't worry. Your humble host has returned to Sounds Like Radio. Welcome, friends. Welcome to Sounds Like Radio, where we get together every week and we listen to some nice music along with a great Gildersleeve episode. Yeah, yeah, we're listening to all these great Gildersleeve episodes in a row, just as they were originally broadcast. Today, we're up to January 23rd of 1952. And today's show, uh, when I heard this show a couple days ago, I thought it was rather unusual because little Babs, yeah, she ain't the angel I always thought she was. No, not in this show. Yeah, she's doing everything she can to sabotage Gildersleeve's romance with her mother, Paula. Yeah, Paula Winslow is uh, the mother of little Babs. Yeah, and Gildersleeve has his eye on her and he'd like to take her out and be alone with her but oh that bad she's nasty she's pulling all kinds of tricks to keep gildy and paula her mother uh away from each other she doesn't want them to spend a minute alone not one single minute alone with what would what would dinah washington do she likes to be alone with her with her sweetheart Hey, here's Dinah Washington. She wants to tell you all about being alone. Oh, Dinah. It's beginning to move me. Oh. Yeah. Let her rip, Dinah. Alone. Alone with a sky of romance. Above, I'm alone, alone on a night that was meant for love. There must be someone waiting, Lord, who feels the way I do. you are please tell me are you are you alone alone on this night that we two could share That could make me care And when you come I'll promise To be your very own Yeah, alone Alone with a heart That was meant for you alone uh, poor Dinah she's all alone but you know what that's what Gildersleeve would like to be with that uh, sweetheart of his Paula Winslow but Will they ever get to be alone with that uh, tricky old Babs hanging around? Yeah, that Babs, for some reason, has taken a disliking to the great Gildersleeve. Now, I, when I heard this, I said, well, now, what, what happened? Why is Babs suddenly so against the great Gildersleeve? Well, I don't know. I, I haven't had a chance to ask her. <laughs> oh, Babs must have her reasons, though. Uh, but I know one thing. If I was the great Gildersleeve, why, well, I'd turn to that little girl and I'd say, I've taken all I'm going to take from you, Babs. Yeah, sort of like, uh, <laughs> sort of like Tex Williams does right here. Uh, this is good. On Sounds Like Radio, here's Tex Williams. 
Once you meant a lot to me Now you're just my used to be I've taken all I'm gonna take from you What a fool I was to cry Every time you said goodbye I've taken all I'm gonna take from you You go your way and I'll go mine But baby, wait and see While you sit around and pine Nothing's gonna bother me I've just opened up my eyes That should make you realize I've taken all I'm gonna take from you take it no more. That's what Tex Williams says. Well, if he had all the tricks that Babs was playing on Gildersleeve played on him, he, why, no wonder he's saying that. Well, friends, uh, now the great Gildersleeve is having his troubles, you know. Uh, But you know what? The great Gildersleeve ain't the only one with troubles. Yeah, even your humble host has a trouble every once in a while. (laughs) Right now I'm having Water troubles. (laughs) Water troubles in the house. Ain't nothing worse than water in your house. Well, that's what I got. I I got several water problems all. Yeah, and they're piling up, and I'm finally going to have to call a plumber out here to get everything fixed. Number one, uh, one of my toilets, well, it's running in extremely slow motion. You know, it used to be one of those great toilets that would whoosh. You know, you'd hit the flusher, and it would go whoosh. And all of it goes away, just like that. No swirling, no raising up and down the water. It just, whoosh, it almost seemed to like suck away real fast. Well, now that toilet is doing just the opposite. The water raises up extremely slowly and gets higher and higher. And you start to get scared. And then it starts to go down extremely slowly. Well, the toilet then needs to be fixed. What's, what's, an, what's another problem? Well, my kitchen faucet, it's leaking. Yeah, anytime I turn it on, it starts leaking from the base of the, of the faucet there. Yeah, that one need, needs to be replaced. Uh, the garbage disposal, it don't always work all the time. You turn it on sometimes, it don't work at all. Yeah. The bathroom faucet, well, it sprays all over the place instead of coming out nice and even. Oh my, the problems with the waters are, are piling up. So I'm going to get a plumber out here. He Number one, he got to fix that toilet. And then I'm going to say, now nah, while you're at it, uh, I, I done bought uh, two faucets. Yeah, I went out and bought faucets just yesterday. One for the kitchen, one for the bathroom. And when he comes, he's going to have to replace my faucets with these new faucets. Yeah, 
and by the time he's done, hopefully everything will be beautiful. Yeah, no more water problems for me. Luckily now, I haven't really had any floods, you know. It can be worse when your toilet, you know, floods over. Fortunately, that never happened, but uh, came mighty close, I can tell you. Well, friends, while the great Gillis leave and I have my problems, uh, Paula, Paula Winslow, she says, Why can't they just leave us alone? Huh, Mr. Gillis leave? Why can't they just leave us alone? And Gilly says, uh, You ought to ask uh, Babs about that. Here is Jane Morgan, and why can't they just leave us alone? <laughs> yes, leave us alone, Jane, with our plumbing problems. But that kind of talk is a bore Why don't they leave us alone? Don't they know we're not children anymore? Our friends are so sure that we'll quarrel But lovers have quarreled before why don't they leave us alone? Can't they see we're not children anymore? They don't know when I touch your hand It's more than a lover's thrill I know so well they don't understand and maybe they never will As long as I live I will love you Whatever there may be in store So why don't they leave us alone? Can't they see we're not children anymore? So why don't they leave us alone? Can't they see we're not children anymore? Well, I, I like to think I'm young at heart. That's just the way I consider myself, yeah. Well, you know, that, that, that's a good way to, to consider yourself, to always think of yourself as being young at heart and always ready, ready for fun. <laughs> oh, now see, uh, Bab, she's young, but she's not young at heart. She's trying to destroy the romance between her mama and Gildersleeve. Now, why can't she just say, like Bing Crosby says, I wish you love? That would be nice. That'd be a nice sentiment for Babs to say that to her mother and to the great Gildersleeve, but it seems the only one who says it is the great Bing Crosby. Here he is, our house singer here on Sounds Like Radio with a, a nice little ditty for you. Take it, Bing! I wish you bluebirds in the spring to give your heart a song to sing And then a kiss, but more than this I wish you love And in July, a lemonade To cool you in some leafy glade I wish you health and more than wealth I wish you love My breaking heart 
I agree That you and I could never be So with my best, my very best I set you free I wish you shelter from the storm A cozy fire to keep you warm But most of all When snowflakes fall, I wish you You see, that's the right way to be. That is the right sentiment, being you tell Babs. And to do just that. Well, we're going to find out what happens in the Great Gildersleeve today. Just, well, <laughs> just like I'm going to find out what happens when the plumber gets here to fix all my watery problems. I just hope I, I have a little money left over after he's done. Hey, he's got a lot of problems to fix. And that means probably going to be a big bill. <laughs> I tried to save, you know, I tried to save. I went up to the store and I bought two faucets. I figured, well, I'll buy the faucets myself. I can get a, a better deal if I do it myself. But uh, the rest, well, he's going to have to do the rest himself. And, well, I'm just going to have to keep my fingers crossed <laughs> that I don't get ripped off. <laughs> oh, we're going to find out, just like the great Gildersleeve will find out what happens with him and Babs and Paula Winslow. Here is the great Gildersleeve from January 23rd of 1952. And now, the great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company, makers of Parquet Margarine, presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. Each week at this time, the Great Gildersleeve is brought to you, partially transcribed, by the Kraft Foods Company. There's no getting around it. Keeping a food budget balanced these days calls for real headwork. No one wants to skimp on quantity, and certainly not on quality. So what's a body to do? One practical solution to the problem is to buy parquet margarine when you go marketing. Yes, you can afford to serve parquet generously at the table and use plenty of parquet in your cooking. But best of all, when you do this, you know you're making no compromise with quality. Remember parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. The great Gildersleeve's occasional excursions down the road to romance have always been rocky and beset with detours, but he has never encountered anything like the roadblocks set up by Paula Winthrop's daughter, Babs. However, the great Gildersleeve is not one to turn back, and like a big bulldozer, he's plowing ahead again tonight. Right, George, I feel lucky tonight. Yes, sir, things are going to be different this time. 
Your idea, that little Babs trying to chaperone her mother and me all the time. I don't need chaperoning. I'm a grown adult. If she can't take a hit and leave us alone, I'll just have to outmaneuver her, that's all. Are you leaving now, Alky? In a few minutes, Marjorie. Paula's expecting me around eight. Off to the wars again tonight, Aunt? Leroy, when I have a date with Mrs. Winthrop, I don't exactly consider it a battle. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Young man, what do you mean by that? Every time you go over there, it's a battle, trying to outsmart Babs. She's neat. Oh, Leroy, you think everything she does is cute. Yes, Leroy, whose side are you on? Well, I have to be neutral. She's my girlfriend and you're my uncle. <laughs> who pays my allowance. <laughs> yes, yes. Poor Anki. He can't have a minute alone with Paula. Hey, don't worry, Marjorie. I'm taking Paula out tonight, and that's that. How are you going to sneak away, Aunt? Have you got a helicopter hovering over the house? No, Leroy, if I can't outsmart little Babs, I'd better quit. Okay, turn in your suit. <laughs> Leroy. Just kidding. What's your strategy? Anki, why don't you invite Babs over here? She and Leroy can play records. Oh, she won't leave the house tonight, as much as she'd like to see me. Oh, my goodness. As soon as Babs found out Uncle was coming over, she said she had to practice her piano lessons. And the piano's in the parlor. Get it, Unc? <laughs> I should by now. She's pulled it three times. What a brain she's got. Well, I have a brain, too. When I go over to see Paula... Babs will insist on staying in the parlor and practicing on the piano. Yeah. And the minute I get her to commit herself, and she can't back out, I'll say, Well, Babs, your mother and I are going to a movie. Too bad you have a lot of piano practicing to do. <laughs> hey. That's not a bad idea, Anki. How'd you ever think of that? Well, I haven't spent the whole day at the water department for nothing. All day for that? What a character. <laughs> Babs insists she has to practice. Paul and I will go to the movie. We don't interfere with Babs, and she can't interfere with us. You're sly, Gildersleeve. Hello, Throckmorton. Hello, Paula. Come in. So glad to see you. Yeah, thank you. Glad to see you, too. Couldn't wait until late because I had a very important date. <laughs> Here, let me take your hat and coat. Yeah, glad to. Yeah. Well, you have a nice fire in the fireplace. Just for you. Sit down, Throckmorton. Yeah, this is great. I don't think it's going to last long. Mother! Yes, Bab? I'm calling my shots tonight. Oh, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, well, hello, Babs. Mother, I hate to intrude on you and Mr. Gildersleeve like this. But I simply have to practice the piano tonight. Oh, must you, Bear? Bullseye. <laughs> well, you're always telling me I don't practice enough. And the lessons are so expensive. Mm. If, if I can't practice, I may as well give them up. Mm. And you wouldn't want me to do that, would you? Well, of course not, but... Well, then I'll have to practice. Professor James has been criticizing my technique. He says I'm a little heavy-handed. Yeah, I'll say she is. Well, I suppose I shouldn't discourage your belated interest in music. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. Mr. Gildersleeve, you probably think I'm always interfering when you have a date with Mother. Me? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for your practicing. Glad you want to do it. <laughs> Isn't he a dear Mother? Now, let's see what I'll play first. In fact, Paula, we owe it to Babs to let her catch up on her practice. Mr. Gildersleeve, you're so sweet to think about me. You bet. Paula, let you and I go to a movie. A movie? Mr. Gildersleeve, I didn't know you planned to take Mother to a movie. Yeah, it seems like a good idea since you have to stay home and practice. But... We mustn't get behind in our music, you know. What do you say, Paula? Movie, huh? Well, I'd like that. Great. Let's get our coach. I thought we'd see Sunset Sonata. It's the best picture in town. Mr. Gildersleeve, did you say Sunset Sonata? Yep. Have fun practicing on the piano, Bad. Mother, how can you do this to me? But do what, Bad? Well, that's a picture with Yasha Mitz, the concert pianist. I, I really should go with you and study his technique. Zeke. <laughs> no, 
bad. Oh, then you promised to take me to see it. You, you said yourself it might help my music. And the bill changes tomorrow. Well, I know I promised, Babs, but... Mr. Gildersleeve won't mind, will you, Mr. Gildersleeve? Well... You, you, you just said I shouldn't get behind in my music. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Do you mind awfully, Throckmorton? Not at all. Of course, the practice at home might do her more good. Oh, I can practice at home any time. Wait until you come over again, Mr. Gildersleeve. You'll see. <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, let's get our coats. We mustn't be out too late. <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve, you make the most wonderful suggestions. Yeah. You'll just love Sunset Sonata. Yashimitz plays a dreamy concerto just as the sun is setting outside his bay window. <laughs> My sun is set already. <laughs> last night was. The minute we got home from the movie, Babs got a headache, and then I had to go home. Yeah, well, better pick up some aspirin on my way to the office. She thinks she has a headache. Hello, Phoebe. Yeah, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> what can I do for you this morning? Give me a box of aspirin, Phoebe. Very well. Would you like the large economy size? You bet. Looks like this headache is here to stay. Yeah, well, I uh, saw you at the movies last night, Mr. Gildersleeve. You? I didn't see you, Peavy. Mrs. Peavy and I were in the balcony. In the balcony? Yes, ever since our courting days, we've gone up to the balcony. <laughs> Sentimental about it, huh, Peavy? No, it's cheaper. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, I had a hankering to drop some popcorn down on you, Mr. Gildersleeve, but I... I was afraid it might land on one of your guests. You, them? Mrs. Peavy wanted to know who was with you, so I told her Mrs. Winthrop and her daughter, Babs. Yep. Then Mrs. Peavy wanted to know why the daughter was sitting between you and Mrs. Winthrop. <laughs> I couldn't answer that. No, I can, Peavy. You know, I'll never get to see Paula alone if Babs can help it. She always drums up some excuse to sit around with us or tag along. Well, it seems that was the case last night. It happens all the time. Certainly must be embarrassing to her mother. Mm, that could be. Yeah, I'm sure Paula wants to be alone with me as much as I want to be alone with her. No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, I would, Petey. Well, there doesn't seem to be any way we can prove it. Why, George, I'm going to prove it. Last night, Paula even said I've been very indulgent. And that's over with. And I'm afraid I'll have to tell that so. It gets a little monotonous, Peavy, planning a twosome and always ending up a threesome. <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve, your predicament reminds me of an old song I sang once in a hometown play. Never mind, Peavy. It was called I Never See Maggie Alone. <laughs> she brings her father, her mother, Peavy. her sister, and her brother, but I never see Maggie alone. <laughs> you won't see me again either. Goodbye, Peavy. last night, Leroy. Unc didn't think so. I guess he was bored. I thought I heard him snore once. And you know why he was bored, Babs. I do? Sure you do. You trapped him. Little me? Look, Babs, why don't you give Uncle a break? He likes your mother. Who knows, if you didn't interfere, Uncle and your mother might get married someday. Leroy Forrester, my mother marry your uncle? <laughs> never take him seriously. Yeah? Hawk's a pretty good-looking guy when he's dressed up. <laughs> Leroy, if your uncle is so attractive, why has he been single all these years? Well, well, he works pretty hard at the water department. Mr. Gildersleeve wouldn't dare propose to my mother. How can he with you sitting around? <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. If he started proposing, Mother would refuse him before he stopped stammering. Yeah? Well, if you left him alone, it wouldn't surprise me if your mother proposed to my uncle. <laughs> Sleep here, you know. 
That's a leap no smart woman like my mother would take. Is that so? I'll bet your mother's just been waiting for leap year so she can propose to Unc without feeling embarrassed. For your information, Smarty, my mother isn't the least bit interested in being Mrs. Gildersleeve. Oh, yeah? Then why do you always hang around when they're together? Why don't you leave them alone? All right, just to prove it, I'll leave them alone. You'll see who does the proposing. It'll be your mother. It'll be your uncle if he isn't too tubby to get down on his knees. You <laughs> bad, Leroy. Hey, here's Uncle now. Oh, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hi, Uncle. Hello, kitties. Babs, I'd like to have a little talk with you. What about Mr. Gildersleeve? Well, it's about these evenings I try to spend with your mother. Oh, well, I want to talk to you about that, too. Yeah, all right, but let me talk first. Babs, I hate to have to tell you this, but... Uh, Excuse me for interrupting, Mr. Gildersleeve, but before I forget it, I'd like to suggest that you call Mother for a date this evening. You? What are you going to do? Practice in the piano? Oh, no. I just thought it would be nice for you, because... Mother will be there all alone. Where are you going to be? She'll be here at our house. Won't you, Ben? Why don't you go on over, Unc? Will you, Mr. Gildersleeve? Please? Well... I, I feel terribly guilty about having to practice piano so much and having so many headaches. Honor bright. You must have many romantic things to say to my mother. No fair, Babs. Well, I... Hadn't planned on doing anything this evening. But if your mother's alone, there's no use in two people being alone. <laughs> You're getting the idea. Yeah, I think I'll take your advice and phone your mother for a date. That's very thoughtful of you, Pat. Oh, not at all. Now, well, what did you want to tell me, Mr. Gildersleeve? Tell you? You? Oh, yes. You, well, I... I just want to tell you that you're a fine little girl. <laughs> Oh, brother. That's a bigger pigeon than I thought. The Great Gildersleeve will be back in just a moment. Of course, you have your own favorite way of making pancakes, and I'm sure they're wonderful. But here's a way to make them extra wonderful. Just crown them with two or three big pats of parquet margarine and let its delicious flavor melt down through the stack. Then you'll really have a feast. And parquet is just as appetizing as a spread for toast and rolls and as a seasoning for hot vegetables. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y. Great Gildersleeve doesn't know it, but he's right in the middle of romantic intrigue. Babs claims the water commissioner is just waiting for a chance to propose to her attractive mother. Leroy went out on a limb claiming that Mrs. Winthrop would take advantage of leap year and propose to his uncle. Now, Leroy suspects he's out on a pretty weak limb. Leroy, what made you say a foolish thing like that? Well, Babs made me sore. I told her she ought to let uncle and her mother be alone once in a while. Good for you, Leroy. Well, then one word led to another until I was claiming her mother would propose to Unc if Babs gave her the chance. You did get carried away, didn't you? Yeah, I sure did. Boy, I wish she would propose to Unc. I sure would have the laugh on Babs. Well, I know Miss Winthrop likes Miss Gillsleeve. That's a start. Maybe all she needs is a little encouragement. Bertie, do you think we can make Unc irresistible? <laughs> well, how much time do we have? Until tonight at 8.30? It's 5.15 already. Um, we better get started. Hello, everybody. I'm home. Hi, Unc. Well, hello, Leroy. Bertie. Easy, Miss Gilsey. Have you seen the afternoon paper, Bertie? Yes, it's in the parlor by your chair. You don't have time to eat, Unc. You have to get ready for tonight. You're right. You got a date, you know. Oh, plenty of time to get ready for that. I haven't had dinner yet. Hey, Unc, how about having Marge giving you a manicure while you're waiting? Manicure? Can I? and get your blue serge suit so Bertie can press it. You Bertie pressed it yesterday, Leroy. But you wore it to the movie. You gotta look sharp. Glad to press it for you, Miss Gillsleeve. Yeah, what a family. I get a date and everybody's pulling for me. <laughs> Unc, you're not gonna wear that same old tie, are you? Same tie? The one with the water hydrants on it? <laughs> <laughs> My 
my boy, that's my favorite. The meter readers gave me that. The heck with the meter readers. You've got to impress Mrs. Winthrop. Well, what's your suggestion? For some reason, you seem to have a lot of them. Well, I'll go up and snitch one of Bronco's. Kind Marge used to swoon over it. Well, I hadn't planned to make Mrs. Winthrop swoon. Can't you try? Yes, yes. And after you shave, put on some of that shaving lotion you got for Christmas. The kind they say wows the ladies. Now, Leroy. You may as well put it on, Mr. Gilfreeve, because Leroy's bound and determined you're going to wow a certain lady tonight. Well, could be. Hello, boy, Unc. I'll show that, Babs. Mother. Yes, Babs. Gildersleeve proposed to you, you wouldn't accept, would you? Oh, I've never given it a thought. Well, just the same, if he should, you you wouldn't accept, would you? Well, let's put it this way. If any man asked me to marry him, I'd have to give it a lot of thought. Mm, that's good enough for me. Are are you going to wear those plain earrings? Well, I plan to. Why don't you wear the long diamond teardrops? The ones that make you look like Cleopatra. But... Babs, they're a little dressy. Well, what's wrong with dressing up? After all, you want to look as attractive as possible, don't you? Even for Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> well, naturally, Babs, but... And if I were you, Mother, I'd wear my new party dress. Well, I was saving it for the Elks Club dance next month. Oh, wear it tonight, Mother. Will you? Just for me. But, Babs... You'll be the most beautiful mother in the whole world. <laughs> all right. I'll go slip into it. Why save it for the Elks with that big moose coming over tonight? You're right, George. My collar's a little tight. Must be putting on weight. I'm beginning to look like a big moose. Let me brush you off before you go downstairs, huh? Yeah, thank you, my boy. How do I look? Murder! Excuse me, Judge. Look at down here. You're coming right down, Bertie. Wonder what he wants. Hello, Judge. Hello, Gilda. My, you're a perfect model of what the well-dressed man should wear. What's so unusual about that? You usually look like what the well-dressed man used to wear. <laughs> Judge, what do you have on your mind? Well, I can see that you don't want to go bowling. Uh, no, indeed. I have a date. Oh? Visiting with Mrs. Winthrop and her daughter? No, not this time. Paula and I are going to be alone tonight. How did you manage that? Well, confidentially, Horace, I think Paula had a little talk with Babs. I think she laid down the law. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll say it is. Gildy, does it seem strange to you that after all these months, Mrs. Winthrop has started arranging these things early in 1952? What do you mean, Judge? Don't you know? It's leap year. Say, it is. I hadn't thought of that. I have, but nobody's asked me yet. <laughs> well, Judge, I'm sure Paula has nothing like that in mind. I wouldn't be too sure, Gilda. There are many reasons why she might want to get married. She's young and appealing. She's that. And she has a daughter who needs a father. Judge, you're talking through your hat. No, I'm not. I don't even have it on. (laughs) Well, put it on, Judge, and I'll see you to your car. Lovely evening. Hello, little star. Twinkle, twinkle. (laughs) Yeah, I can hardly realize this will be the first evening I've ever been alone with Paula. Yeah, I wonder if she did arrange to get Babs out of the house this evening. Thoughtful woman. Oh, come in for... Oh, my! Good evening, Paula. I... (laughs) Nice. Yeah. And what a gorgeous tie. I adore fuchsia. Yeah, thank you. First time I've worn it. Now, let me take a look at you. 
Do you, um, approve? Do I? Wow. Of course, it's a little dressy for a date at home. Well, this is no ordinary date, Paula. It's really the first evening we've had to ourselves. It is, isn't it? Oh, let's sit here on the couch by the fire. Great. You? Nearly sat on your satin skirt? <laughs> you want a dress? It, it is quite billowy. He's never looked at me like that before. <laughs> Nothing like a log fire and soft lights. Well, I didn't realize it was so dark in here. Babs must have turned off some of the lights before she left. You don't get up. They're fine. <laughs> Blaming the low lights on Babs. I wonder if Paul had turned them down on purpose. He wants the lights down low. Next, he'll be wanting soft music. Uh, Paula? Yes? Why don't I put on some records? Something soothing. Ah, <laughs> uh, Throckmorton, why don't we just sit and talk? Well, suits me. I believe he did come over to propose. She must have some reason for wanting to just talk. <laughs> wonder if she would take advantage of leap year. Well, I, uh, I suggested we talk, but I find it difficult to begin. You do? I guess she never proposed before. <laughs> it must be that we're so unaccustomed to being alone. Yeah, I guess so. I can't help feeling that Babs has annoyed you at times. But I think she actually enjoys being around you, Throckmorton. Well, I hadn't thought about it that way. A girl like Babs needs a father's influence. Zeke, the judge was right. <laughs> it's the same way with my brother Rumson. When he's home, she never lets him out of her sight. Well, he'll be back soon. I hope. Paul's a wonderful woman. But I'd have to think this over. Yeah, I'd better change the subject. Paula? Mm-hmm. Have you looked across the street recently? Bronco and Marjorie are starting the foundation for their new house. Yes, I've noticed. It won't be long before they'll be moving out, leaving little Leroy and me. Oh, you won't be lonely. Well, I don't plan to be. I wonder if she's just waiting for that to happen. I wonder if he thinks he's going to take me over there. He's nice, but I don't want to get serious. She's beautiful, but I can't afford her. <laughs> Morton, it's a little warm here by the fire. It sure is. I think I'll move over to the chair. Well, I was about to move to the piano bench myself. Uh, we might even go for a walk and get some fresh air. Yeah, great idea. I'll get my coat. And here's your hat. Yeah, thank you. Let me help you with a rack. I have it. Yeah, well, I'll open the door. Oh, what wonderful air. Yep, it's free, too. <laughs> Paula, why don't we go to a movie? We can take baths. You want to take that? You bet. Let's take Leroy, too. There's safety in numbers. Well, I think that's a wonderful idea, Throckmorton. Oh, that was close. The good thing I thought of a walk. Well, I got out of that. Good thing I thought of a movie. Leroy! Bam! <laughs> Greg Gildersleeve will be right back. There's only one margarine at your grocer's that brings craft quality right to your table. It's Parquet, the margarine that tastes so good because it's always fresh. Tomorrow, pick up a pound or two of good-tasting, fresh-tasting Parquet margarine. Ask for P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine made by Kraft. <laughs> You wait. Where are you going, Leroy? I'll see you at home, Unc. Good night, Bab. Good night, Leroy. Um, good night, Mother. Good night, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, Babs, wait. Oh, it's way past my bedtime, Mother. I'm going in the house. Good night. Oh. The first time I've seen Babs in a hurry to get to bed. Well, kids are hard to figure. That Babs, running away and leaving us alone. She is beautiful. <laughs> I wonder if I should ask her. It, uh, it was a lovely evening, Throckmorton. I, uh, uh, 
Paula? Uh, yes, Throckmorton? Would you like a hamburger? <laughs> oh, I'd love it. Great, let's go. Good night, folks. Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White and is partially transcribed. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Barbara Whiting, Gene Bates, Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the great Gildersleeve. There are two kinds of delicious craft-prepared mustard. Mild craft mustard, smooth and delicately spiced, and craft mustard with snappy horseradish added. And whichever you prefer, remember, when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. Try it on cold sandwiches, hamburgers, frankfurters, and cold cuts. Enjoy the wonderful sauces you can make for hot meat and vegetable courses with craft-prepared mustard. Keep both kinds on hand and keep the whole family happy. Get mild craft mustard and craft mustard with snappy horseradish added at your favorite food store. Tonight, be sure to hear your humble host on NBC. friends you heard it for yourself just what happens when babs tries to interfere with a little romance between her mama paula winslow and the great gildersleeve from january 23rd 1952 here on sounds like radio yeah gildy and paula were both having a little trouble but all they wanted to do was to get together and have a few moments alone. That was the great Gildersleeve's desire, and that was Paula Winslow's desire. Yeah, Paula, she said it just like Patsy Cline. She says, that's my desire. Just a minute or two with Gildy, huh? Is that too much to ask Babs? Yeah, apparently it was. Here is Patsy Cline. Spend one night with you And I'll rendezvous i with you That's my desire To meet where That's my desire 
Patsy Cline, Modernized. Yeah, that, that's from a uh, remixed version of that song that came out. I bet you that came out in the uh, late 80s, maybe early 90s. It's an older album of Patsy Cline, but it was a, a remix album. Yeah. And uh, they did a nice job on those songs, too. Made them sound a little more up-to-date, but, uh, you know, I still kind of like all the originals, but I do like to hear the remix versions, too. Well, now, uh, the Gildersleeve and Paula Winslow, it's been a long time since they've been able to go out without any interference from that little rascal, Babs. Eh. Why, if Gildersleeve did go out with Paula Winslow, why, it would be just like stepping out with a wonderful memory. Yeah, that's how long it's been since he's been out with Paula, stepping out with a wonderful memory like Ted Lewis. Ted Lewis has wonderful memories, don't you, Ted? <laughs> he used to go out and, oh, what a sweet little lady. Here's Ted Lewis. I'm stepping out with a wonderful memory. In little old New York tonight And we're gonna paint this old town I mean paint it, yeah Just like we used to do We're gonna visit some of those old cafes Don't you remember? Where we had all so much fun And this time, ladies and gentlemen I'm ordering cocktails for two Instead of just the usual one And then, right after dark You and I, honey We're gonna take a little stroll in the good old Central Park. And while reminiscing, my little sweetheart, leave it to me, gee, how I'm gonna be kissing you. I know a lot of you folks, you say, well, that guy Lewis, he's crazy, crazy. And you may be right. Ah, but that'll never stop me From stepping out with my wonderful memory In little old New York tonight Tonight's the night, ladies and gentlemen This night is mine, oh, mine Take my arm, darling We'll have cocktails at Churchill's Dinner at the Claridge Hotel after dinner, two seats on the aisle for the Ziegfeld Fathers at the Amsterdam Theater. Marlon Miller, Fanny Bryce, Eddie Cantor, Van and Sting. They're all playing in the Follies tonight. And right after the show, we'll hop into my little Maxwell Roadster 
Take a little spin out to Woodmanston in way out in the country. Drive back with one arm, take you to Rising Weber's. Yeah, let you hear Sophie Tucker sing a brand new song. A wonderful song called Some of These Days. And then right around the corner to Child's on 59th for coffee and cake, meet the guys and gals. And while it's still dark, my little sweetheart, you and I, we're going right across the street, right back into good old Central Park. We'll sit on a bench, honey. We'll talk about the future. Think of it, the future, darling. And oh, how I'm going to be loving you. You know something? I don't care if this whole mad world says that I'm crazy. And this whole mad world may be right. But that'll never stop me from stepping out with my wonderful memory. In little old New York, wouldn't you like to come along? Just for tonight Come on along Come on along Oh, Ted Oh, my oh, I think, Ted, you better sit down The heat's getting to you I think the heat we had He must have turned the heat up a little too high While he was waiting to go on Ted Lewis is starting to imagine things. He he's having delusions. He he Oh poor Ted. The men in the white coats are here now. They're they're taking Ted away. That was Ted Lewis. Did I say Ted Williams when I was introducing that song? I, I seem to remember my saying Ted Williams, but that was Ted Lewis. Not Ted Williams, the baseball player. <laughs> that was Ted Lewis, and he's stepping out with his baby and and just a bit nuts, I'd say. <laughs> oh, he don't care though if we all think he's nuts. He don't mind being nuts, just as long as he gets to step out with his memories. Eh, well, I guess that's one way of thinking of it. Eh, another way of thinking of it is the way Robert Mitchum thinks. Yeah, Robert Mitchum. He doesn't like Babs with all this interference. He says, what is this generation coming to? Here is Robert Mitchum, sort of in a Calypso style here, as he, uh, he asked that question. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Yeah. Here's Robert Mitchum, Calypso style. In the USA, the teenager have the country in confusion. In the USA, the teenager have the country in confusion. Rock and rolling all of the time. Have the parents out of their mind Parents liking Liberace Kids is liking Elvis Presley Trouble So they rock and roll at night And they bouncing up and down In the way they do The parents shaking their head And say what is this generation coming to All the parents say The children will grow up to be delinquent So if the children only dance to the rock and roll and the calypso Parents tell them they should only Like the opera and symphony But the young kids are too busy Digging Mr. Belafonte So they rock and roll at night And they bouncing up and down in the way they do The parents shaking their head and say What is this generation coming to? up to the jukebox like the monkeys and frogs all the newspapers they say that the teenagers going to the dogs but the kids don't go to the dogs 
that's the truth and these are the facts All the girls is changing to chicks All the fellows changing to cats Trouble, trouble So they rock and roll in night And they bouncing up and down in the way they do They part and shake in the head and say What is this generation coming to? Trouble from an album he recorded in 1957. He went over to Trinidad for a location shooting for a movie, and that's when he discovered Calypso music. He liked it a lot. He, he went, <laughs> went to a lot of clubs where the Calypso music was playing. He, he liked it so much he came back to the stage, bragged everybody how great this new music was that he heard, and they all said, well, why don't you make a record of it? And that's just what he did from 1957. Robert Mitchum himself singing, What is this generation coming to? From his album, Calypso is like so. A great cover on that album, too. This little lady dressed in red. <laughs> She's looking over Robert Mitchum as he sits there sipping on a, on a glass of wine. <laughs> the life. The life in Trinidad. That's the life for Robert Mitchum. Yeah. Well, the life for us here on Sounds Like Radio is just about through. Yes, it's time for us to say goodbye. But wait, wait. You know me. I like to play them bonus songs, especially when I got a good bonus one planned. Here is a little bonus for you from Nat King Cole as he sings Time and the River. This is a nice one. Nat King Cole. Time and the river will bring my love to me. If I must, I'll wait forever by the river that took her to the sea. Here by But with time, my love, my darling Left my arms and was gone with the tide How long I've been lonely Star of love, shine bright I need her To my arms tonight Time and the river How swiftly they go by But my heart will beat for no other Till time stands still and the river runs dry Time and the river How swiftly they go by But my heart will beat for no other Till time stands still And the river runs dry nice, wasn't it? I like that song, Time and the River. I heard it recently and I said, wow, what a neat song. And nobody ever hears that song. I gotta play it the next time on Sounds Like Radio and that was my master plan in action. <laughs> oh, well, we hope you enjoyed the great Gildersleeve today from January 23rd of 1952. It's our feature on Sounds Like Radio for this episode. Also hope, of course, you enjoy the great music 
that's always the fun part for me to play great songs and uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Well, friends, it's time to say so long and arrivederci. <laughs> Till next time, that is, when we come back with more Gildy and more great music. Yeah, I got to plan out the music now. Yeah, yeah, this show is over for you, but it's just beginning for me. I got to plan out the next show. <laughs> oh, and it never ends here, friends, on Sounds Like Radio. But don't you worry. Your humble host loves it. <laughs> oh, I really do. We will see you again next time for more Sounds Like Radio. Until then, I am your humble host saying so long for now. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>